Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm a co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run. Through our shared knowledge and experience, we unpack the fascinating topic of running. We speak to coaches, athletes, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to help you improve your running. And ensure that you enjoy every step of the way, wherever the road or trail may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. The biggest thing to me, I say to most people, any road run you finish, the first thing anyone will ask you is, what was your time? And any trail run you finish, people are like, hey, how was that? Yeah, that yeah. was tough. Yeah. Like, that for me is the big differentiator. And like, unfortunately, I don't think I'm ever going to be fast. But, I mean, that's why the solo one was so big to me is like, I think like, we all kind of, I don't know if we're scared of being alone, but like with social media and stuff, we're just keeping ourselves busy all the time. And maybe we're hiding, I don't know, like inner issues or, or whatever it is by keeping ourselves busy all the time. Like when you're out there alone, like there's, you can't run away from yourself. Eh? You, you've got to think, you've got to ask yourself questions. You, like it's definitely something I think we all should be doing at some point. Eh? Nicola! Davide! My man. How are you feeling today, my boy? A broken human being. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staring at the epitome of a broken human being. Oh, he, he's here, he's got his uh, ass patches on his quads. Had to carry him up and down the stairs. Had to go fetch him all the way from his house to to get this recording it's been done. A rough past twenty four hours, guys. I'll give you that. But, but if you're not willing to fail, yeah, you will not succeed, eh, Davy? Yeah, I suppose you put it lightly. But there's there's better ways to go about failure. Uh yeah, yeah. We 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 gave we gave it our all. Tell our listeners how was your race day, my boy? It was. Um, <coughs> it was. <laughs> Uh, I haven't actually quite um, digested it all, but um, it was a very rough day out. I I had a great um, first 60Ks, and then when I saw Nick at um, Hillcrest at the 60K mark at the water table, um, there's video evidence on it, which we'll put on, on Patreon. <laughs> but there was me just collapsing with, with a cough cramp that probably I, I said to Leah was like, not that Leah's given birth, Okay, so any female out there that's given birth before, I now know what it's like to have given birth. Cause that's I'm what you think. Pretty sure. Even worse, <laughs> I'm going to say. But I was in so much pain. Um, and Nick had to, yeah. It was a rough day. And then pretty much after that, 37Ks of just absolute digging deep, really grinding it out, trying to recover it. But um, oh, I was just, uh, every single time I, I dug deeper and deeper, I just gave more and more away. Until eventually the tank was just empty. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't my day. But um, I said to Nick, I have no regrets. <laughs> I do have regrets, but I still went and I, I, g- I gave it 100%. Um, yeah, the, the broken man over here, um, <laughs> there, there's nothing uh, more that he could have given on the day. So we've got to take the positives out of it. The, the negatives for me on, in hindsight was perhaps um, not respecting comrades enough. I think mm. comrades is a, is a massive race. And just watching from the sidelines for me is the first time 
being so involved in the race but not actually running it it was it was incredible to see the 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 people that come and run comrades i think this year was really a spectacle the support was incredible the grit that runners have to go through especially where i was you know i was at 60ks everyone's mostly done between 50 and 60k as a long run anything after that is is the unknown and watching people deal with the unknown is really something that was quite interesting. Uh, it can and it can go one or two ways. Some people were thriving in it. Some people were loving the day. Some people were in their head, uh, struggling mentally, struggling physically, and letting that get to them. And I think that's a nice intro to to today's conversation. Hundred percent. Also, it's a nice that uh, we're moving a little bit away from comrades because that's pretty much what we a have little been. bit. No, we're distancing it. Well, for a long time, please. Yeah. <laughs> We'll be back though, Davy. Yeah, we'll hey? be back. We'll that be elusive back. silver. Uh, uh, we might have to get Davy a different coach. So any coaches out there? No, I'm happy with my one. Thank <laughs> you very much. So, guys, today's guest is one that's a, it's a good friend of ours. Uh, but man, this guy has got some real grit about him. Davy calls him Durban's very own David Goggins. Why, Davy? Because he is the epitome of just being. A hard mother effer. Tough as nails. Tough as nails. And, you know, we talk about comrades and we talk about having to show determination and dig deep, you know, for that race. Michael Baker calls comrades just another run. He he, he is... He's done some of the most insane, you know, challenges that you can actually ever undertake. He's done the DGT, which is the Trockensburg Grand Traverse. It is 230 kilometers um, it is, he's done it solo and self-supported. The third man to ever do the it. The third solo. man to ever do it. He did it in a time of 79 hours and about 50 minutes. and Putting his life on the line. Putting his life on the line. And, you know, that's not all he's done. He's done 100 milers. Um, he tells us about his journey of how he got into running, which actually started with mm. comrades. Mm. And, you know, he fell in love with the mountains and fell in love with, you know, really, really challenging himself mentally and physically. So it was amazing to listen to. Mm. Um, There's also a video doing the social media rounds of Baker at about 80 kilometers into his comrades this weekend, getting down on the floor, <laughs> doing 10 push-ups in the middle of the road whilst schoolboys were busy cheering him on. And then he went on to still run a Bill Rowan. So really just an incredible individual. Uh, it was great to, to get some insight into the mind and into these adventures, which take him all over the country, which is also very, something very cool about him. You know, he mentions how South Africa has got so much to give. There's no need to go necessarily look overseas to do these crazy adventures and crazy races there's plenty of that in our own backyard and it's just about getting out there and exploring it so guys for this conversation um really it is just all about everything that you can give there's always a little bit more there regardless of how hard you're pushing you're always able to find that deeper gear and uh, hopefully after listening to this you'll feel a little bit more motivated and you'll maybe have some insight into how to to get there so without any further ado here's michael baker our conversation with him we hope you enjoy it and thank you everyone for all your support up until this point as making a runner you know i just want to quickly say that having been at the expo this weekend was just overwhelming to see that the supports and i'm sure davy will share that sentiment yeah guys it was um it was 
pretty eye-opening um, having you know quite a lot of people come up to us and just thank us for you know the work we're doing on the podcast I think there is a massive running community out there and we just want to keep bringing you guys amazing guests amazing topics and as usual if you have any suggestions or if you want to you know hear about anything that that you want to want us to talk about then please you know send us a message on Instagram we are always looking for great topics and we always want to keep you guys satisfied with what we're you know uh, bringing forward but guys Enjoy Michael Baker. We did. He is an absolute inspiration. So here it is. Sit back, relax, enjoy. It's time for Bakes. If you love the work we are doing and the impact that Making a Runner has had on the running community so far, then why not become an official Making a Runner fan? That's right, guys. Making a Runner is now on Patreon. Although this started purely as a passion project, we have had to become realistic about the time and cost of running a successful podcast. And that's why we've decided to provide memberships where our fans can either make a pledge to support our work or receive exclusive behind-the-scenes content, discounts on racepass.com, as well as downloadable running programs to guide them along the running journeys. If you want to make a pledge and become a super fan of the show, make sure to go and visit patreon.com forward slash makingarunner Thank you for your continued support and enjoy the rest of the show. Michael, thank you so much for being with us here today. We really appreciate you taking the time to to come and chat to Davey and I in uh, the week before Comrades. Uh, <laughs> I know I know the mindset is uh, a little bit different for Davey compared to your mindset going into it, but uh, it's still, we, we appreciate your time and we know that um, it's, it's a tough week to get out. So thank you for being here and we look forward to chatting to you today. Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me, guys. I know you had Hadda last week. Michael Baker. I mean, well, you know, we like to tell everyday stories as well. But you, you're not just Michael Baker, bro. You, as Davey would say, the it, Durban's very own David Goggins. <laughs> Why is that, Davey? I think. Well, I mean, if if you think about who David Goggins is, he's probably the hardest man alive the toughest person alive and um, that's exactly what I get when I look at Michael Baker I mean it's just the it's the um, resemblance (laughs) of absolute resilience yeah (laughs) if you if you speak to any of our previous guests like uh, Andrew Erasmus and they uh, they make uh, Michael makes Andrew look like a teddy bear (laughs) and I love Andrew and I'm sorry Andrew but it's the truth (laughs) even Joe Kepler will say Michael is as tough as nails, <laughs> as tough as they come. So today our focus is really to get behind what makes Michael so tough and, and what sort of mantra you, you take on as you go into any race that you do or endurance events or life in general. But before we get into that, who is Michael Baker? And, and what happened in your childhood that made you like this? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, like, I mean, I must be honest. I remember when Davey first asked me to come on the pod, I'm like... <laughs> What are we going to talk about? We're like, I'm just a normal guy. Um, so hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm sure we'll find something to talk about on the way. But um, yeah, I, I can't really say where it all started. I think I was I was quite naughty in school. I mean, super naughty in school. Like, yeah, I played a bit of hockey and got into like trouble there. And then I started playing rugby. I wasn't bad at rugby. So I played a bit of rugby. And then after school, wasn't sure what I was going to do. And obviously, living in Durban, you've always seen the Comrades Marathon. Like that's the the, the uh, pinnacle, the pinnacle in Durban. Everyone, <laughs> if you've run, the next question is, have you run the Comrades? You know. So literally, I was waiting until I was old enough to do Comrades, and I ran Comrades. I mean, At I was, eighteen. No, I think you had to be twenty. 20. Yeah, I think twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was literally waiting for that. My whole family, everyone was like, "You can't do that. You're twenty. <laughs> you're too young. 
like you're too big. Uh, and and were you were you a runner at, at that stage? No, yeah, no. I think I probably had done a couple of ten k's or, or whatever, and then like I literally had to go to a had to go to a bio for his approval to, to be allowed to run the Cobras. My parents were like, "No, you can't do that." <laughs> so we went to the bio, and he was like, "I wouldn't recommend it. You're quite young. Like it's not good for your right. bones and all that." Cool man, and uh, went and entered the comrades. <laughs> so that's kind of where the whole I don't know, like the endurance stuff kind of started, I guess. Was because you play quite a lot of hockey. Yeah, still actively playing. Not quite anymore, a just Martin because. Michael's a coach. Yeah, a very, very, very good coach, from not, what I understand. Yeah, not bad. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like hockey now and the longer stuff just doesn't work together. My hammies can't do it anymore. Can't turn anymore on the hockey field. Can't sprint. Definitely become a <laughs> full-on donkey. Eh? So, yeah, you could uh, just get in the goals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that stupid. Eh? <laughs> I don't understand anyone as a goalkeeper. Eh? I yeah. was a, I was a goalkeeper. Explains <laughs> <laughs> <Spains> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so so you got into comrades and and then during sports at a young age. That first comrades as a 20 year old. How was how was that experience? Did that sort of spark your interest in in endurance or was it like oh i'm not too sure i need to try some other events to to yeah i mean i think i was definitely like i think i was naughty and stuff in school because i was definitely lost like i don't think i had found my my purpose um and then just obviously doing the comrades and like and digging deep and going into the pain cave and all that stuff like that became so you admitted it was hard that one was hard, eh? <laughs> that one, that first one. That first one was hard. Um, I mean, I didn't train enough for it. Obviously, all the classic first comrade stuff. Um, and you get all this advice. And I mean, I was a youngster. I didn't need any advice. I would have, yeah, I was <laughs> going to do it myself, eh? So, yeah, I think I fell in love with kind of the endurance aspect of it and like seeing how far your body can go, I guess. Um, and like I just kept going further and further. Like I remember the next thing was three cranes for example which is mm. like 100 k's and three days but like on trail and you're like oh dude trail like how are you going to do that and i remember like seeing the videos and going geez i'm never going to be able to do this three cranes thing and then i think and we, i went and did four consecutive years of three doing three cranes but i could also then like it's not really that hard like doing the three cranes and then i went to like Skyrun and then Cape Town and they just so the the bug bit yeah the bug got me hard eh? and you obviously went from comrades being a road race to yeah. I mean you're very much a trail runner yeah hundred percent and we, what so you did three cranes and then you just sort of you know you know just navigated towards a, a more trail um, passion it's yeah it's 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 weird my first trail run actually was in Scottborough they used to have a a trail run there I mean in Scottborough of all places. I didn't even know what the route was, probably like sugarcane or something. And I was like, geez, trail running, eh? Like, what is this all about? And then that kind of got me into the world of, of trail running. Because you either love it or hate it, eh? I mean, well, <laughs> I, yeah, I think you can be, you can enjoy both. I mean, Davey, I don't know how much he enjoys his trail, but I hear he's going to be doing some trail after, after Cape Town. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you can have a, the right balance between both. And obviously what you're talking about and referring to is more like how the goals sort of, developed from being this big 90 kilometer goal to then finding 100 kilometers over three days on trail fairly easy and obviously that just progresses and 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 it evolves to what you've just recently done which is by all accounts a pretty crazy thing and we'll get onto it but obviously you've 
as Davey said, you find you find better, what would you call it? You call it solitude and, and trail running or is it just what you're getting out of nature? What is it about trail running that you can so firmly say that it's it's what you do? Probably like uh, the, the biggest thing to me, I say to most people, any road run you finish, the first thing anyone will ask you is what was your time? And any trail run you finish, people are like, hey, how was that? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. tough. Yeah. Like that for me is the big differentiator and like unfortunately i don't think i'm ever gonna be fast so <laughs> we're having conversations on times you know i'm not gonna yeah. it's not gonna be yeah it's not gonna be a great story so you're just gonna go further and everyone. go further harder <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like when i get to race and like i hope it snows or something just to give me like a bit of the edge you know because i'm sure like a guy like davy doesn't dig the snow you know <laughs> so if i'm ever gonna beat him in <laughs> I a trail love, i actually love snow <laughs> i've never run in it <laughs> I've, i've got a ski resort i'll have a blast <laughs> i think he's calling you a snowflake <laughs> a snowflake <laughs> Oh, we'll see, my boy. What, 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 tell me what your time is after comments. Okay. Then we'll see. If it snows, I got you, boy. <laughs> But I think that speaks to the, the mindset and the mentality that you take into uh, the events that you do. And obviously, I want to I want to bring up the the Drakensberg Grand Traverse, which is what you've just completed. It's two hundred and thirty kilometers. Yeah, so like I've done it three times. I think I've ended like two thirty odd, probably the average. Average distance between two thirty and two forty. You've but done you've done it three times, but yeah. this one that you've done most recently was um, very special because it was the. So you did it self-supported, right? So self-supported three times. This last one I did it solo, which was self-supported and solo. Yeah. yeah. And how many people have actually ever managed to do so that? So two guys have started solo and finished solo. Another guy started with a mate. His mate bailed, and he carried on and finished on. solo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're essentially the third guy to have completed self-supported and solo over 235 kilometers um, across the Drakensberg Mountains. Yeah. How, ma how many peaks are you having to tag on that? Yeah, so it's the six main peaks. So you've got like Montessauces, um, <laughs> I think it's Cleft, and then it's Champagne, Mafadi, Giants Castle, Taba. <coughs> yeah. I mean, just for our listeners, because I mean... I think we're downplaying it. It's hard you know? to relate to. It's very hard to relate to, but <laughs> can you just try and, I mean, paint a picture of, of you know, what you went through during yeah. that? I mean, like, I, I can give you guys a couple of stories. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I fell in love with the Jarkensburg. That was kind of the next phase for me in the whole trail running endurance thing. Like, you go to the Berg and then you find this cave and then you find out, hey, hold on. Or actually, first you'd go to Jack Gardens. Like, that was the Jarkensburg to me. Champagne sports, yeah. Champagne sports. We all have <laughs> That's our like, where Davey still yeah. goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we all have our resorts. And then you one day you find out, like, hold on, there's 240 Ks of this magical place. So then it was like finding all the different like campsites and start points and then the different passes and different caves and different waterfalls and just this whole thing like just it was this huge puzzle that like I became obsessed with that I had to put together. But like in that puzzle, obviously there was I mean, like crazy stories. Like when I first started going to the Berg, I had no maps or anything like that. And I was trying to obviously explore this place. And I went to Njisuti, which is like quite a quite a rugged place. Yeah. Like you probably need a map. Quite like I'd recommend getting a, a map if you go there. Um, <laughs> and don't go by yourself. And I was trying to do Mafadi, which is the highest peak Nick and, I, Nick and I have tried that. Davy's attempted it. I'll, I'll tell you a story about Davy's attempt later. Oh, yeah, let's go, boys. Yeah. Um, and off I went, no map or whatever, and mist rolled in. I got like, like completely, completely lost. I started climbing down like ridges and like got stuck in a gorge. 
And I remember I got to like a point and I was like, I mean, I was done. I ran out of food. Mist was in. I was all by myself, like no maps or whatever. <laughs> and I, I cliffed out. I kept going down and I got to a point where I couldn't go back up because I'd gone down too much and I couldn't go down because it was like this, this ledge. And like, I was like, what am I going to do? No signals in GCT. So I was like, well, what am I going to do, yeah, dude? Like, started to take, like, look, it was my bag. Like, I had a space blanket. Normally, I like, I'd take a bit of chances. It's like, I might have to sleep here. Like, I don't know what's going to go on here. And like, I just found a couple of bushes. I mean, it was like a two meter jump or whatever it was. And I had to like, just jump into like these bushes and like, got out of there. And as I got out of there, there was like this big troop of baboons. I was like, what the frick <laughs> is going on here, dude? Like, is this the Drakensberg? Like this was one of my first experiences. And then eventually like I make my way back and I'm by myself, no signal and go shower, have a brah and go to Carry bed. And I was like, yo, what are we, what are we doing here? I, I mean, think it's also just about like how vulnerable you are out there. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, when we go running on the road or when you but any, and even just any trail, I think people, it's, it's important not at this point of the conversation, not to downplay how dangerous those mountains yeah. can be, yeah. how quickly they can turn on you. And how also it's not this manicured trail that you think trail running is about. There's like half the time, no trail you're making your own way so as you say like maps geographical understanding like it takes a lot of work to actually just work things out and even maneuver your way through that terrain safely and then you're at the mercy of the weather that can change on you at any minute i mean it's some serious stuff and just telling from your first story uh, your first adventure trying to go up there it, it just shows you how how harsh that environment is and you have to make these cutthroat decisions at any stage that might be the difference between life and death that's the reality of it yeah i mean that's probably what like probably what got me hooked with the berg and the grand traverse is is like we live these lacquer lives where like hey man there's load shedding what are we going to do like this is hectic bro what are we going to do is load shedding there's no wi-fi what's going on here bro i can't live here and when you go to the berg and like, I mean, we've been caught in storms where we thought we were going to literally die. It's the only time I've ever thought I was going to die. And like that stuff, like those are problems. Like those are real problems. And like you've got to problem solve through these real issues. And when you come home and people are like moaning about stuff, you're like, dude, that's like, that's really not an issue. That's not a problem. Like let's go no, to the we, berg. We can like, get around I'll, this issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll show you guys a problem. And when a storm comes in and you there's no cave or whatever and you just got to walk for the next three hours and yeah like those are problems there but i I mean from from that point obviously you had this this event where you weren't too sure whether you're gonna have to sleep on the mountain or will you be able to get out at all and the interesting part there is that you you sort of thrived under that environment and it's something that you 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 went oh wait i actually want to find out more i want to i want to test some more limits i want to find out more about my body and what it can do so obviously that was sort of like your your getaway to getting into it and and from then on it's just developed and i think that's why i wanted to ask why the grand traverse is it because of the the brutal toughness that is the drakensberg grand traverse yeah i mean so like yeah i definitely fell in love with the berg and like i said the whole puzzle of it and then, like, in the dark corners of, like, ultra-running scene, you hear murmurs of the Big Daddy, the, <laughs> the Grand Traverse, you know? And, like, for someone like me who, like, fell in love with the Berg and obviously, like, ultra stuff, like, the Grand Traverse is, was just something I had to do. But, like, all these things that, like, I've done, there was always a point where I was, like, I'd never be able to do it. I mean, I've even got a, 
I got my f- I don't even count it as an attempt, eh? At the ones me and my mate, we just packed our bags. I even <laughs> bought the bag, I don't even know where from, but it was like some random shop. And uh, a guy, Colin van der Berg, also quite a good runner, he drops us off at Sentinel Car Park, which is where you start. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a joke, eh? And we literally, like, we didn't even have the route, eh? We just had, like, waypoints on our watch for the Grand Traverse. <laughs> and uh, we took, like, took our stuff out of our bag, and I'll never forget Colin looking at us. I had, like, a tub <laughs> of mayonnaise. I had, like, this huge honey jar and, like, hot chocolate and, like, all this stuff. And he was like, like what are you guys doing, bro? And I was like... It's the Grand Traverse, bro. We're going to be out for like a week, eh? Like, <laughs> I need you some know mayo. I mean? Like, I need some mayo, bro. Like, we need to look after ourselves here, you know? I had never even done an, like, I had never even done an overnight. Hike. Yeah, like hike. Stay well, over. I'd never stay. I just want to interject and just say, <laughs> that, that, that was stupid. Like, that, that, that's not advised. Don't do what I'm telling you guys. Yeah, like, learn from, from Michael Baker. That's advice I'm giving you. That's like, that's what you and I must look like trying to go out my fuddy. Well, listen, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't coat me in the same paintbrush here. Right? No, you were just as <laughs> you, bad, my Davey was like, we hadn't even got into the escarpment yet. We'd just gone up like the little berg where you get to the face of the, the mountain and Davey's just done. We'd done like 15 Ks. He's like- At the hut. You were uh, done. No, stop it. <laughs> we're not. Davy was lying on the floor. I got I photographic have proof. I have videos. And uh, he's like, "No, we got to go back. We got to go back." <laughs> so the other guys, uh, Erasmus oh, and yeah, all, yeah, the, they yeah. carried on all the way up. As he would, yeah. They didn't get up because the weather turned and they had to come down anyway. They oh, didn't they have enough scared, time. Eh? Sissies, but sissies. Yeah, <laughs> hey? I know. Yeah, <laughs> but but Davy and I definitely we decided to take the the the. The Bro, run, I was broken when I got the, down. The road running <laughs> route, the turnaround, the Jeep track. Do you know why we turned around? Is because we had a race in like four weeks uh, and it was an injury waiting was. to happen. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> this is not about us. No, um, it's not. You know, I just, I also just wanted to, you know, I ha- I mean, I love mount- the mountains as well, but I'm just like, it, it fascinates me, you know, what you've, what you've managed to achieve. But also like, I suppose, you know, UTCT, UTD, those hundred milers, those are all tough, mm. you know, tough as hell. But once again, going back to why the Grand Traverse is so difficult, is like those those hundred milers are marked trails, sub aid stations. You can't, you can't you know, die. That. You can't die. You can't places. die. Exactly. Uh, you are putting your life yeah. on the line. I mean, I saw the post your wife made when you finished, and it was just honestly, just thank God, you know, you are back alive. Yeah. And do you go out into the mountains ever, like? wondering you know am i gonna come out of this so like my our first of the first one that i completed i had a guy sean mcfarlane and um a chick anuk she's a legend yeah she's all training legend she's gone overseas now i never forget how i met her i was busy wrecking and i was wrecking a cave for the grand traverse because it came an obsession of mine so i tried to find the different caves and points and passes for exits and so on and we were we did this one pass and i could like snow a bit and yeah, I mean, like funny story, like it was so cold. My mate Sean, who we were doing the Grand Traverse with, like literally had to like pull down his pants to see if his, <laughs> his penis was there because he thought it had fallen off. Bro. <laughs> it was so cold. Like that's how cold it was. I've never heard that laugh before <laughs> from that. <laughs> Just got a check. <laughs> that's when you don't know. Shit. So, yeah, like right. that's how cold it was. Like he literally was like, bro, like I think it's fallen off. Bro. I'm like, I don't think it will just fall off. Eh? Like I think it'll be okay. It might shrink back it inside. It might shrink, yeah. Like that's definitely happened. But uh, I don't think it'll fall off. <laughs> So, like, so we get into this cave now and we can't do anything else because it's that cold. Like the water in our bottles had frozen. Like it was that cold outside. Um, did you did you have to snuggle together naked? Because <laughs> no. I've heard that it's also quite effective. <laughs> have you ever done that? 
I think I'd rather die of hypothermia <laughs> take my chances. <laughs> and uh, and Colin, Anouk, and another guy, Martin, I think Martin Krauss, they were attempting it. And then they they like they pulled into our cave at like eight o'clock at night. <laughs> Imagine that. And I was like, Are you guys freaking mad? Like what are you guys doing? Like a grand traverse attempt. I was like I mean, firstly, like, you haven't gone far on day one. Like, you're in trouble here, guys. But, <laughs> you know, like, the weather isn't great. And they did they did eventually bail. But I'll never forget seeing this chick, Anouk. Like, she, the next morning, she was outside the cave with a bag. And, like, come, boys, we need to go. Like, I was like, who is this chick? How do I not know who she is? So, like, I reached out and I was like, after they, because like, I think they bailed halfway or whatever. I was like, we're going to attempt this thing next month if you're keen. So, she came along and another guy from Joburg joined us and, um, we like met each other for the first time at Vitsi's Hook, which is where you stay the night before, and yeah. So like we're all meeting each other, and like everyone's a bit nervous. Like we don't know these two other people, Sean and I. So anyway, we start, and the other guy we started off with, like he started off like cock fast, eh? Like I mean, Joe Burger, like I don't know, almost trying to show us, you know, who's the alpha here. Yeah? So we're like, cool, bro, <laughs> off you go. And um, he is he, it not a team sport, eh? It is, boo. Yeah, you need each other out there. Pull each other through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, yeah, and he just eventually, I think, wasn't like eating enough or whatever, and he he bailed when we got to like Champagne area. Like we tried to sort him out and all that. And then it was the three of us, and then we started to get to know Anouk, and we spent our first night in the cave, and like the three of us formed a really cool partnership. And then the second night, on our approach to to Mafadi, like the weather changed. And we were like hiding under this like like overhang or whatever, and it was starting to come into night, and it was raining and lightning and wind, and you're like in this overhang, you're like, oh, well, it's not that bad, but we knew like we needed to find a place to basically sleep. Now we never had tents or bivvies or whatever because we were trying to go light. So I was like, like obviously it was my idea. I was like, hey guys, I think we need to go to Injisuti Cave. Like we need to make a go for it. And I got like my watch out and I worked. I was like, I don't think it's that far which is the worst line you can use in the Berg. Like, I don't think it's that far. Like, you need to try and not, like, know how far it is. So we pulled out and we went onto this ridge and we were getting absolutely drilled. But, like, in in one minute, like, our waterproofs weren't working. We were, like, soaked. Like, it got to a point where we, like, couldn't even open the zips of our bags. Like, our hands were just, like, frozen absolutely still. Sure. And then we climbed the ridge and we're like, okay, the cave's down, yeah. And then we got down there. And we got it wrong. There was another ridge we had to climb. So mm-hmm. now we're out in this rain for like... And it's dark. Now it's gone dark. And I was the only one who like literally could open his bag to get a headlamp out. Got the headlamp out. And I'll never forget standing at the bottom of this hill looking at what we had to still climb to still get into the next valley. And I looked up and I was like... That's it. You've, yes, you've done it, but you've gone, you've gone too far. Like it was the first time ever. And I remember Anouk and Sean like basically just sitting down and going like no like we don't know eh? i think we just need to just sit here we we're done and i and i remember like looking at the hill going yes you've gone too far and then just a switch just kind of going off and i just started swearing at them and pulling them and like had to like pull them up the hill and we uh, yeah i mean it was yeah i literally thought we we're never gonna we we're never gonna make it somehow we Somehow we got into the cave. Like I don't, and again, just one headlamp, like holding hands and stuff like that. No gloves and stuff because we just couldn't get anything on in time. And we got into the cave, and like, I mean, Anouk was like going a bit like in and out of like consciousness. Um, 
like our bag was soaked. We had no more warm stuff. Our sleeping bags were wet. And we had to like just kind of like get close to each other. We never got naked. You know, just disclosure there. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> never got naked and uh, yeah, bro. and it kind of went through that night. And I'll never forget we woke up the next morning. Like, and again, you're doing this all for time and you've only packed enough food for, for so much time. And the storm drilled us. But we all got up the next morning and we were like, cool, let's, let's go. Eh? We've got another couple of days. And then as we were going, kind of reality kicked in on, like, we probably pushed the envelope a little bit, a little bit too far. Eh? Well, this image that you're describing, I mean, it, you guys will be able to, if you, if you go and have a look at some of the clips that we'll put out about Michael Baker, you'll see the man talking about this stuff. And I can just imagine, it must have been a scary Thing to have Michael Baker swearing at you in the middle of a thunderstorm <laughs> in the berg and pulling you up a mountain, uh, that will get some. That will get people going. But, but also, Vex, I mean, none of this sounds like fun, you know. Like honestly, like that doesn't sound like fun. That sounds petrifying. So, why do you keep doing it? I mean, you you obviously come back harder every single time, and I think that's what. I mean, we're looking at Michael Baker at its pinnacle. I shaved before I came here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to see his beard. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, dude, like, doesn't sound like fun. You Surely you can't enjoy that because it sounds like tough as shit. But it's quite a cool story, though. Eh? It's a cool story. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth the story after. So, I mean, this was one of the recce missions. Was this one of the times where you guys completed, so one, was one of your completed attempts? Okay? Yeah. And how long, how many days did that take? So that took us 96 hours. 96. Oh. Yeah. And no medal at the finish line, eh? Black label, yeah. <laughs> Is that black label at the end. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> I mean, you finish. Yeah, I mean, we ran out of food, obviously. Like, yeah. we never predicted that storm and all that stuff. So, like, Anouk had, like, cheese, and we were all, like, snacking on her cheese, like, towards the end. Like, yeah, so that was the, that was the first one. And it was weird, eh? The minute I finished that one, like, straight away in my head, I was like... It's crazy. I was like, I've got to do this thing You're solo. Chasing that high, yeah. Got to do it solo. Eh? Um, sure. Like that's what planted yeah. the seed. Like f I went from thinking I'd never be able, like the whole time. Like the weirdest thing of the Grand Traverse, you literally never think you're going to finish it. Like at any, like you can have twenty k's to go, and you could get attacked by shepherd dogs and not finish the Grand Traverse. Like you never know. You don't get to a point where you're going to finish. The grand you know for certain it's going to be the done. weirdest thing yeah but now you you finished it that time you then finished it another time again self-supported but not alone yes that was with joe, yeah. with joe she told us some crazy stories about yeah. that one as well it sounds like you like to find the, yeah. the hailstorms up on top of the mountains they almost look for you maybe like a word of advice like choose a weekend that it's not going to be raining i, <laughs> I definitely know. recommend that eh? but obviously there's a lot of planning preparation that goes into this like you almost said you have to become you became obsessed with completing it trying to find the best routes the best passes the the best caves to sleep in um planning to pack the lightest and how do you go about all that preparation and then eventually committing to this is it this is the time i'm going to do it like this time where you actually completed it i must be honest eh? the, the like the solo one it's a bit like this podcast, eh? Davey messaged me yesterday and, and here I am. Um, the solo no, one no, was... No, 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 give them context. <laughs> We've been trying for a while. You're a busy man. Elusive man. Um, I, yeah, like it was always in my head and I always had like the idea that I wanted to do it this year. But 
like I never had a date set <laughs> and I just finished a, a hockey festival on the Sunday and I got home and I was like, yes, yeah, so what a cuck to him, man. Like I've worked so hard. Like I just need a bit of a bit of a release. <laughs> and uh, phone Vitsy's hook. They had they had a room available. It's like, have you guys got a shuttle available? They're like, yeah, we got a shuttle available, 7 a.m. So I was like, okay, let me book it. That was on the Sunday. Monday I was at spa buying a couple of snacks and stuff and packing the bag and we drove up and Tuesday started my solo attempt. Eh? So I, I, I don't know. What like, an adventure though. That's cool. Yeah, you know, like I think we I think we overthink things there. Eh? Like I don't know. Like if I had if I had booked a date Yeah and had the whole build up, like probably would have sucked myself. I don't know. I mean I'm saying that, but I probably would have sucked myself out. I don't know, because it's this it's probably the only thing that like scares me because of what can happen up there. Like a hundred mile, like UTD, like dude, someone will save you at some point. Like you're being tracked. You're never gonna die on those things. Like where this is this thing you can is real. Can definitely die. Um so you do you take yourself through like the what if scenarios? Like is that does that ever kick in or do you not allow yourself to go down that path because then you might psych yourself out? So like with the solo one, like I definitely like packed a bit safer. Like I mean how much safer? Like I had a bivy and like What's a, a bivy? Like a sleeping bag tent. Yeah, yeah. But if it rains you still stay pretty dry. Yeah, pretty dry. So soft. <laughs> yeah. So soft of you, I hey? Know, but it was my wife. Next time without a, <laughs> a bivy, please. I wanted to go quicker, but she made me pack all that stuff. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> and what about a whistle? <laughs> Got one of those on the backpack. Or a flare, please, <laughs> at least. Yeah. So like I do think I think sometimes we overthink things, eh? And the way I had done it allowed me to get to the start. And I remember sharing like um, the shuttle up with people that were just doing the chain ladders. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing the Grand Traverse. And, like, <laughs> and they're they had, probably like, what's that? Oh, they had no idea. Like they yeah. just thought I was going with them to the chain ladders. I was like, no, it's just this little hack. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you guys at the top. Um, and you can't even speak to people like that because it's, yeah. it's not worth your time trying yeah. to Also, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay in the zone there. <laughs> you don't want to talk too much. Eh? Yeah. Uh, look, I think even just listening to an hour of this podcast, people are still not going to have an idea. They're not. He's actually gone exactly, through. exactly. But uh, that's, that's just absolutely crazy. But I like how you sort of emphasize the, obviously there's a lot of challenges that you got to overcome on an event like that. Call it an event, call it an attempt. But there's, obviously that translates a lot back into your daily life. And that's something that, you know, the, the, Everyone's saying, you know, Bakes is so tough. Bakes is this mental giant. He can get through anything. Um, obviously, that's sort of become like your your persona, your demeanor. And when you're going into an event like that, do you do you feel that? Do you feel like, yeah, I can get through this. I, I know I've got the mental strength to get through it. So you like, back yourself. You know what it is? Eh? It's like with with all the stuff, like same as comrades and stuff. Like, like I just believe you've got to be really good at problem solving. Like like making good decisions quickly. And like, I know everyone keeps saying like, oh, it's like the mental stuff and that. Like, I think maybe I'm good at making making those because like stuff goes wrong all the time and all things. And you've just got to have confidence that you'll make the right decision at right time. And maybe you've planned like for those type of scenarios. Um, yeah, like I must be honest, like I don't, I don't necessarily, like I don't do it for, for other people or, to prove my own, like, hey, dude, you're so strong mentally or, or whatever it is. Like, that's not why I do it. It's like just, like the stuff you, I don't know, like when you're out there by yourself and you're walking through the berg and you, like you're not even halfway and you're freaking broken and you're like, how am I going to keep doing this? And you want your bed. 
once you're bed and like all I can find is like an old crawl and I've got Max, I'm allowed to sleep for three hours and you've now got to sleep in this crawl and hopefully the shepherd doesn't come and wake you up in the middle of the night and you're in the middle of nowhere. Like, like I don't know, like all that stuff, I think just, yes, I don't know, like it just makes like laugh. Like I keep going back to the mm. things like it's not really, like, we don't have problems. Eh? Like everyone yeah, just needs good. to chill out. Eh? Yeah, life's good. Like, no matter what like, the situation is, like it's it's always pretty good, eh? Yeah. But I mean, you, you you spoke about all the the problems and the challenges that you encountered in the non-solo attempts. You, you obviously completed the solo attempt in how many hours? Seventy-nine hours. Thirteen. Uh, oh. Yeah, something like that. Eh? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. So yeah, it was under hours. eighty hours. So it was, that was even faster than the other times that you did it with people. Yeah. And obviously, in those seventy-nine hours, there there must have been stories there. Yeah. Where you 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 really got to that same point where you got into the other ones or was this one like just somehow was a it was a great attempt and it just all went well yeah no it definitely didn't like didn't go completely perfect but like i didn't have the crazy weather that i had in the other ones which was like i had a good weather window but like i mean like the one story i was climbing giant's castle which like for me i say is the halfway point and i had dropped my and Giant's Castle is a freaking big climb. Mm. I had dropped my GPS like tracker or whatever it is, like with the maps and all that on it. This episode of Making a Runner is proudly brought to you by Burn Studios, one of the fastest growing activewear brands in Africa. Whether you're out on the run or running errands, you won't miss a burnt look marked by the iconic orange tag. Bridging the gap between high-end performance and functional fashion, both women's and men's ranges are designed for comfort, support, and style. The recently released Clifton Collection is the go-to for women, whilst the Athens shorts and Boston running tees make for a powerful combo for any gent. Shop SA's hottest performance gear online at www.burnt.ca.za or in-store at Stellenbosch, V&A Waterfront, or the Mall of Africa. I dropped it and I'd got to the bottom of Giants. So now like I need my tracker to basically complete the Grand Traverse. So now I had to climb Giants Castle again to go after my device and like oh. reroute. So then I left my bag at like the bottom. Off I go to to find my find my device now. And like, I mean, this took over an hour or so. And like, I'm trying to get it done quite quickly. So like, this is now super irritating. Like, How did you drop it? I, like, I think I was like tracking and then went to put it in my pocket and obviously didn't put it in my pocket. And like, I know the, I know <laughs> the route quite well. You dropped it down the mountain. No, no, no. So like, I think in the, in the tough, well, I found it. Yeah. So I found it like in the grass, like near the top. Like I just rerouted, got back to my bag and crows had now oh, no. got into my bag. And they had stolen my like my little ziplock with my charger cables, so now my phone charger cable and my watch charger cable now have been taken by, crows. by the crows. So <laughs> and do you just laugh at that situation? Because I mean, <laughs> you're like they could have taken anything else. <laughs> could have taken my sweets or yeah, yeah absolutely anything, mm-hmm. and I've taken my charger cables. So like. Thank God I went to get my tracker because now I don't have a watch and a phone. <laughs> but like it was like a trade-off. Like you know, I could have just left the tracker and used those things. Yeah, you thought you were coming back whole. <laughs> you came back just as bad as you were. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So now I was without a phone, without a watch, and like the watch is cool, especially at night because it's, I mean it's quite dark. And if you're routing, you're like just looking at the watch the whole time. 
where now, and I use hiking poles, and now you've got to pull out this tracker and you've got to let go of the poles and you've got to see where you're going. And at night, it's a bit, I mean, it's super irritating. Like I even got, I got cliffed out that night because I was doing this and I was like, okay, I know where I am now. After Sony Road, like I've done that section a couple of times and uh, I just climbed the wrong hill thinking it was the right hill. Like when it's so dark up there, you can't see anything like an idiot. I just, I just didn't use the, I was also tired. It was, it was the last night. So I was making stupid decisions. Um, <laughs> and again, eh, like I just got, got cliffed out and um, had to like navigate this rocky section. And, and then I got around the corner and these dogs were barking and it was just, it was just wild. Eh? And again, I, I think I probably had about 50 Ks to go. So you've done like 190 Ks or whatever it is. And I'm like, yo, dude, I'm pretty pretty done yeah eh? and um, when you're saying having done 190 k just to give an idea to the listeners i mean how much of that is at a running intensity and how much of it is at a power hiking intensity yeah i must be honest like because i was solo i packed quite a bit heavier so i think i started at like probably 15 kgs or so so like to run with that yeah on that train um, there's no paths up there really so i couldn't yeah i couldn't really run i did run the last 10 k's though to get under Eight hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah make sure for that. <laughs> yeah, I was so, pretty. I mean, your official time in inverted commas is, was seventy nine hours and fifty three minutes. Yeah, which is twenty. It's like how many days is that? Like just shy of four days. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which is absolutely nuts. And how how long do you sleep for? I mean, you mentioned that you like allocate hours that you're allowed sleep, um, but because you're also doing this for time, like what was your sleep like? Yeah, because like the thing is when you sleep, like it's really tough out there and you've got the altitude and it's freezing and- yeah, I'm sure you probably can't sleep. Well, yeah, so you find a cave and like a cave now is like basically, it's basically home. So when you get in the cave, like you could sleep for 12 hours. So like I've got to be quite disciplined and go, okay, dude, you're going to get in the cave. You've got half an hour to like eat and set up and then you've got two and a half hours to sleep and then you've got half an hour once you've woken up to- basically get going again so like i i was quite good i must be honest uh, at that stuff eh? but with no phone or watch how do you keep track of that as a tracker keep so, all of that yeah so i mean i only lost so i lost my watch like it basically died on that last night otherwise uh, i actually don't you're right eh? like i don't know how it's working up eh? yeah and, and how do you keep track of that 79 hours i mean is it from the moment you get dropped off at that car park at the top and then when you start. So as you basically start your watch from the car park, which is um, Sentinel Car Park, yeah. then Grandview yeah, starts there. Eh? Yeah. Sure. Flip, that's that's a crazy adventure, man. You guys have got to go follow Michael on yeah. Strava, please, it, because <laughs> he's, he's got the, he, you've got it on Strava. Yeah, yeah. I remember going and looking at it and I was oh, actually like, what? Excuse same. my language, but I'm going to say it. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it was mind-blowing. Yeah. To just also, I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not normal, guys. It's like literally through the harshest terrain. I mean, normal people take how many days? 10 days, hark that. So I think it's like if a 10, 12 day supported hark. thing, eh? Like yeah. with people dropping bags and, you know, giving you stuff. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. you think, you know, Drakensburg, you get to the top of it, you just got to, just got to keep going but it's not it's not like that you yeah know, it's uh people think it's flat eh? it's definitely <laughs> we are we don't even know like what's yeah. on the other side no, that's absolutely crazy but mark if if there's people that say now they, they're doing trail running they've they've gotten the love for the mountains as well and they they're hearing some some stories here that might spark their interest uh are you keen for more uh, attempts and if if not how do people get in, involved in doing the drakensburg grand traverse is there obviously 
you've done a lot of research over a lot of time and a lot of recce. It's like there's nothing like experience to really help someone get involved. But what would be the first step if you were a rookie wanting to get into this type of adventuring? There's, I mean, there's, I think anyone who, who's done it has huge respect for it. So you could probably, you could probably approach anyone who's done that. And they're all quite cool guys. They will give you as much advice as possible. I mean, you can phone me. I'll freaking have coffee and talk about it. And like, I want everyone to, to experience that. Like, that's a proper pilgrimage. I think that's probably the word you could use. Like, you learn a lot about yourself. Oh, especially that, alone. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. you're in your yeah. thoughts yeah, yeah. For, for four days. Well, I mean, that's why the solo one was so big to me is like, I think like we all kind of, I don't know if we're scared of being alone, but like with social media and stuff, we just, keeping ourselves busy all the time and maybe we're hiding I don't know like inner issues or or whatever it is by keeping ourselves busy all the time like when you're out there alone like there's you can't run away from yourself eh? you you've got to think you've got to ask yourself questions you like it's definitely something I think we all should be doing at some point eh? it also just makes you realize how small and insignificant you are as a human being on this earth you know like especially when you're in those mountains like as you say you reverted back to what are actually pro actual problems that we have in our in our cushy homes but when you're out there it just takes it back to to the basics of what humans are supposed to be able to do and i think there's something really special about those mountains and being able to be out there for all that time by yourself but yeah man it comes with some serious uh dangers to it and you, you if you if you're someone that's wanting to do this you know you got to make sure that you got your shit in order and you know exactly what you're doing otherwise you might end up at the top of the car park with a with a bowl of well with a tub of mayonnaise, a tub of mayonnaise and, uh, <laughs> and give it an attempt i, I think we should throw out a challenge Oy. a challenge to whom you may ask a challenge to david goggins <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> David Goggins thinks he's tough, but I want to see David Goggins come and do it. So I'm at where I'm going to tag David Goggins. Yeah, maybe. We'll, <laughs> will you do it? Will you will you do it with David? Will you race David? Because Davey won't do I'll it with him. him. We need him. someone. <laughs> we, need a, we need a representative to go. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take him on a hike. You'll take. <laughs> yeah, will yeah. you challenge him? You guys can start at the same time, and then you see who finishes first. Guys, that's what I want, eh? Like, I know there's the there's a like a DGT race, or whatever. Like, no man, let's all. Say on the fifth of got July. No one to race. That's the thing. Fifth <laughs> of like, July, we're all gonna meet at the car park, and hey, whoever gets the other there. side, we yeah, you win that. Eh? You puts a hundred bucks on a cap, and <laughs> at the end you get the Baker's pocket. Like eh? I actually want to start case winning black something. I'm doing this kind of stuff. Trying to pay for my beer, yeah. <laughs> but so ever since you got into running as a twenty-year-old first comrade, how old are you now, Bakes? Thirty-one. Thirty-one. So this this journey has developed over eleven years of of running, trail running, adventuring. Now that you've achieved this massive goal of yours, that you know you've put so much effort into and so much energy into finding out the best way of going about it, doing it, achieve that goal. I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with. You know, you you put all your eggs into that goal, and then it's done. You've done it. Like. That's incredible, but what's next? How do you, how do you move wanna, on? I wanted to ask that question. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, it's sorry, such an important question. Like, yeah, how must, do you top it? Must be honest, eh? Like when I, and it's exactly that day. Eh? Like when I, when I finished it, like I remember like just dropping my head and going, yes, it's birds. Like you did it, eh? Like I thought, I literally thought I'd never be able to finish the Grand Traverse. And now I've done it solo, you know? Like it was, 
like if you had spoken to me for like the last year, I would have always said, yeah, I want to do a solo. I want to do a solo. Like it was just something that was deep in my soul. I needed to do it solo. Like if you know the Berg, you, you go solo. Like that, that shows you really know the Berg, dude, and you're comfortable with yourself and, and all that. And yeah, and then I finished it and I definitely, I was definitely like empty for a bit. Eh? Like I was like, no, what, bro? Like what's the next thing to do? I, c- I can tell you what to do next. Then back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's literally <laughs> why the fuck not. <laughs> yeah, so hey, turn around and head home. I remember, I remember chatting to my wife, and I was like, like maybe comrades this year, let's run down and go back and fetch the car afterwards, you know? Like, and she was like, but she and she and she was right. She was like, but like, what are you doing that for? Yeah. Like you, like you're doing that to show people. She was like, the Berg that was for you. Like, and I was like, yeah, did you? Yeah. It's, it's a tough one because I think, as you mentioned, like the way your journey started, it was this massive goal and you got to it and I was like, oh, okay, let's move on. Next goal, next goal. I mean, how do you flipping go and top that? And then even if you do take Davy's advice and you do that back to back. No, no, no. I'm just joking. Please <laughs> oh. don't because it so- from what it sounds like, you're making it there like <laughs> barely. <laughs> so maybe... Before we know it's the next year in the news, we're going to hear about this crazy guy that's gone from Cape Town all the way to Cairo by by foot. And then we're going to find out it's going to be Baker. And then it's going to be like, well, what's next? You guys are going to get back on the pod. It's the DGT. DGT, DGT. Yeah, you got to do it twice. Because, I mean, it shapes your perspective on endurance events. There's no doubt about it. And as much as we like to say that there's got to be a limit at some stage of what the body's endurance is i mean i'm sure you'd like to find that as you manage to sort of try push the limit and say oh, i think i've pushed past this limit this time there's going to be more times where you're going to do that surely because there's also an element of once you once you have that feeling you want to experience that feeling again and you want to just test the waters a little bit further but you know like you know what it is though it's like you see like like ordinary people like just going through like i never forget the first time i drove to mweni like i saw this like google like on this dirt road, like like on a wheelchair. I don't know where she was going, but like she's got to do that yeah. every day, you know? Like where is she going? Like on a dirt road, like in the middle of nowhere. And you like see these ordinary people like mm-hmm. like with these battles, like- That's their daily life. That's, that's their, their daily life, life, eh? You know, like, and while I'm up there in the mountain, like, dude, I've got a backpack, I've got food. Like, like you'll always be okay, you know, like- like, I don't know, like, I, I think we can all go as far as we want to. Eh? Um, He's calling us out. Did you know that, eh? <laughs> He's calling us all out, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. He's <laughs> calling us soft. <laughs> but that's another element that you see out in those mountains, right? It's the people that live in those mountains. That's that's all they know. We're talking about, you know, being there for 78 hours, being a life-changing wow. event that, you know, you might die. There's people that that is their life. Yeah. And that really puts everything True. into perspective as well. Yeah. Um, I guess it just it just means that whatever your goals are, whatever you set your sights on, it's it's something that, you know, your body is capable of doing, your mind is capable of stretching to just as long as you know what you're doing, obviously. Um and, yeah. and there's risk and reward every time. And as yeah. long as that reward for you, obviously the reward of finishing the the grand traverse was bigger than the risk of potentially dying. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you always like you always hear these things like, oh, we only use like 10% of our, whatever. I don't even know what people are saying, but <laughs> cool, bro. Um, but like... Yeah. David Goggins. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know. That's, that's like, the quote we're going to use, bro. <laughs> people make up stuff. 10% of, I don't know. <laughs> people make up stuff. Like, 
I've been in races like like I've tra- I have like some races I haven't even trained for and I've like I mean I've got punished. But and you just you just sit down for like I remember I mean I probably would have got disqualified. Please don't tell them. Uh, <laughs> my first Cape Town um did the hundred K at UCT and the cutoff was seventeen hours. Like again U- UTCT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm a I'm a donkey. Like that cutoff was I mean this Quite tough. It, I stopped running for six months after this race. I remember like like charging and like racing cutoffs, but you know how scary that is, eh? So like I got respect for the back end of the comrades because the pressure. I remember uh. climbing this one peak, South Peak, and the Oku was the sweep, like came past me. So like I was officially out of the race. I was lost. No, I was lost. Yeah, completely lost. And um I managed to like push on and I and I was racing the sweep, like so I wouldn't get cut off. And I got to Hot Bay and like I went onto the beach and my legs was cramping. It was like it was like aliens in my legs and and I remember like picking up my phone to phone my wife. I've never DNF'd. Pick up, and I was like, I, I was like, I physically actually can't can't go anymore. So I picked up the phone to to phone and go, look, yeah, dude, this could be could be it. I'm like, I'm gonna walk to the next place. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah, and we and we done. And I remember walking through like these wine fields, and there was this family like having I don't know they were having like a picnic bro. so then like sorry my wife didn't answer the phone now eh? so now I was fuming I was like you got one job dude you come with me to Cape Town you're my second like answer if the phone if I wanna quit let me quit yeah yeah, yeah. like I just answer the phone so I sit down she knew why you were calling <laughs> no she was just stuck in traffic apparently so I sit down and like they pour me coke and I'm eating their Lay's chips and I'm like guys you won't believe my wife like she got Can one freaking job Baker bro. rocks up to your picnic <laughs> in the wine on, farm on like a hundred mile like <laughs> Probably sweating. This was the hundred k. This was the hundred k. Hundred k with his yeah. beard, and they just start feeding him. That's a nice family. No, they were good. <laughs> and uh, like, I was like so angry. Like I was fuming. And I was like, I'm just gonna walk back, and like, and like that's gonna be it. And after like the coke and stuff, like I got the second wind, and I started doing the mats, and I was like, geez, bro, like you can still make this cut off. So like I sprint and I make this cut off with like five minutes ago and there's this one picture I've got on Instagram. I look like basically lifeless. Like I've got no soul. I think I saw that picture. Yeah, it's a stiff picture. We must post that <laughs> yeah, picture. Yeah. We might, we'll post and, it. Um, and I never forget my curse now. I never told her why I phoned her because yeah, I don't want to be that guy. So she was like, you don't have to be a hero. Like you can stop now. So like that was all I needed her to say because I got up and started walking. I was like, if I'm going to stop, they need to like pull stop. Me off. Yeah, pull me off. Started walking. I was like, I'll just keep walking as far as I can. And then again, like found a second wind and there's like a video, I don't know if there's a video of me, but at you at the varsity, they were counting down like five, four, like uh. for the end of the cutoff. And I'm literally like I have to basically like dive through. So like I dive through like <laughs> with five seconds to go. And now there's still like this yeah. massive climb and what's a blockhouse and like and I'm like diving through a cutoff. And I just got in, like, I remember for some reason seeing the results from previous years, the cutoff was 17 hours and seeing some guy of 17, 30 or whatever it was. So, like, I didn't even care about food. And I was like, guys, if I do 17, 30, like, do I still get a medal? You know what I mean? Like, otherwise I'm going to stop now because it's basically impossible for me to to make it. And like, yeah, yeah, you're definitely, like, you've made it, yeah, we'll let you go through or whatever. I was like, okay, cool, guys. And then, like, sat down for a bit, like, eight, got going somehow did blockhouse and the contour and then again like did the mats and I was like bro if you pick it up from here you, you're gonna make it eh? and I think I did was like 16 59 like, 
Yeah, just I made it there. Yeah. Made but it, it just goes to show you, I think, you know, when you're, and I think it goes back to your quote that we didn't really know what, what we were saying in terms of the 10%, but it's like yeah. when you think your legs are tapping out, your mind is tapping out, just keep taking that extra step and yeah. keep moving in the same direction. Go one more. Just take yeah, one, more. one more. And Nick things <laughs> and things might change. Things might come back to you. Legs might come back to you. Energy levels might come back. And this is just another example of it in terms of what you've experienced in your runs. But you, I, I wanted to ask one one last question. I just I was on your Instagram profile and it sparks it. You had a boxing match, <laughs> right? <laughs> Why did you why did you decide that boxing I mean cuz I remember you know watching that and that was a proper boxing match and did was that something you've always wanted to do or was that also just a a, a test of your 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 mental strength and all of that the but morning of a boxer pulled out and even that was a story because yeah. you said that was tough as well so like i boxed a bit like i say a bit like when i was 15 or so like did a bit of boxing there um i, I mean like that's not a lot of boxing like did a little bit like appreciated the art and and the sport and like what it takes to actually step into the ring. I mean, it's it, so anyway. Like as a cocky coach, you always talk to the kids about stepping into the arena and oh, like yes. all those cool speeches and yeah, yeah. So like I'm giving all those speeches the whole time, and like to be honest now, like with like I don't want to sound like a cockier, but like if I do a hundred mile now, everyone's gonna be like, "Cool, bro, you've done two. Like it's not a big thing anymore. Like <laughs> like that's true, the reality. True, true. That's do the reality. So, like maybe do it on your hands and knees or like yeah. blindfolded or we've seen you do a hundred no, mile. No, well, that's it. Yeah. So even if I did another grand traverse, like you've done three, bro. Awesome. Like yeah, fucking well Yeah, yeah. So. So now, like, I was like, like, what now, bro? Like, you, like, you know, like, how else do I step? Because I'm comfortable. Like, if I do a hundred mile, like, I'm not nervous at the start. Like, I know I'll somehow get yeah. there. Um, and like, you always give these speeches and stuff. And then I was like, geez, bro, like, it takes a bit of balls to to step into the boxing ring, eh? <laughs> and so I went. Awesome gym, awesome coach. And like their vibe was epic, relentless and Musgrave. I'm just to say you know, for advertising for them, bro, they were really good <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> and uh, went there and like started like sparring a bit and like put in my, my high school boxing camp. I was like, hey, I'm not bad at this stuff, eh? And um, started to spar and like got hit and I was like, okay. But I, I can imagine like every single training session, I can imagine every time you go to the track, like you're nervous because you're gonna fight, bro. Like I'm, I'm saying, nervous like, every single time I go to the track. <laughs> but now imagine you're gonna get hit in the nose. Like you oh, know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. So like yeah. every training session is like stepping into the arena, basically. Like so then they're like, we got this fight in like a couple months time, whatever. So I was like, I don't even know if I asked my wife. Like I think I said, cool, I'm in. <laughs> and then like. I kind of snuck it in. Oh, I was like, by the way, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm fighting in a couple of weeks' time, you know. Like, I think <laughs> I snuck it in with her. I think I told my like dad before, before I told my wife, and she was like, the way I said it as well, like she didn't really respond. Like, I think I kept it quite like low key, <laughs> and then, uh, bro, like just before I also had got COVID, so now like there was a 14 day stint where I couldn't train. So like it was just making this thing harder. And now the thing of amateur fighting, like everyone just arrives at the thing and then they're like, oh, you 95 kgs. Yeah, he's 95 kgs. <laughs> like, like fight, you know? And this, like I'm being serious. Like this was the scariest thing I've ever done. So I get there 
like I don't have a six pack or anything like that. I'm just a normal <laughs> oak brew. So like I take my kits off and step on the scale and it's like And, and do you do one of those didn't do any of that. <laughs> I'm shitting myself, eh? So I didn't do any of that. And then there comes my boy, eh? He takes his shirt <laughs> off. He had biceps for days. He takes his shirt off. Now this is boxing. Have so you everyone's guys seen a photo. Everyone's hectic, photo. eh? Um and he takes his shirt off and that Everyone in the gym just goes, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, am I fighting this oak? Yeah. But you know what, Bex? I mean, you had like half a meter on it. I had eh? a jab there. Eh? I had a jab. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, I'm, I'm literally like, if this oak hits me, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna know all about it. Eh? So, like, we walk. <laughs> Like you're warming up in the same room and this guy's hitting the pads and he's hitting the pads like so hard, eh? And I'm like, what? Like, what have I done now? Like, I've never been like so Take nervous before. Take me back before, to the mountains. Take me back yeah, to yeah, the hellstorm. Yeah, let's hell go store. to the Berg, bro. Yeah, I'm okay then. And I'm warming up. I'm just like, dude, like you always preach your stuff to your kids and all that. Like, and I, I, and I eventually did it. I was like, whatever happens out there, happens out You probably won't die. Like, it's always what I say. That's my thing. Like, you probably won't die. Like, I, Chances are not. Could die, but especially hit, like hitting me, but you probably won't die. Like, they'll stop it before then. And like, it just went in and, yeah, I mean, I actually somehow TK'd Odom. Like, I stopped the fight. Oh, you did? Yeah, bro, I won, eh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the underdog story oh, yeah. Of course he did guys This is, this is Durban's very own David Goggins yeah, What are you saying of Yeah course. And so, um, Like afterwards I just like I mean I even Because I'm not really a fighter Like I even went to talk to sorry, the guy bro. And, yeah. Sorry Sorry <laughs> for TK Yeah And I had a chat with him And he was like such a good guy And like it's crazy how you see this big oak of tattoos And he's like But know, did you have that um, That fighter mentality going into it You know that like you you got to be fierce, sort of like you're going in there to to hurt this person, right? Yeah, like not necessarily. Like I don't know. Like it was weird. Like I didn't go in with like, oh, I'm gonna knock this guy approach. But like I've trained hard. Like I'm, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna score points. Well, yeah, Davy, if running never works out for you, I reckon you could go back to the My days. My next where you question were was: <laughs> do, you think, do, do you think so? If Nick and I are out at the gym, we might be paired up together. You know, on the day. I think we should have a... Davey might have the reach, <laughs> but if you've seen photos match. of Davey when he was in high school, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> One last question from my side, Bex, and obviously we've talked about the future, what it looks like for you. Have you ever thought about doing any international races, like challenging races, like Western States 100 Miler, uh, you know, Marathon de Sable, like <laughs> Kilimanjaro? We still want to know or, what's next. <laughs> yeah, like, have you? Have, is, that, is that on the cards? Is that something you thought about or... Yeah, so I mean, my wife and I started that page last year. Say, mm. like, we've always been quite give it a, give it a shout out. Yeah, I mean, I just did. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, you didn't. What's the page? I mean, it's called yeah, last year. Say, um, and like the reason we started is everyone is trying to go overseas. Like everyone, when they get money, like let's go. Yeah, when our country is, I mean, it is incredible. Like we haven't even explored like our own country. So we started this page and whenever we got bucks, like we'd go on a road trip to different areas and try and like obviously show everyone on Lost NSA, like you don't have to what go overseas. Like there. you don't, seriously, like our country is, I mean, it is incredible and so diverse and there's just so many different aspects to it. Like you can't get bored and you can't explore the whole thing. Like I don't think you really can. Um, so like it was the same with races. I was like, I'm going to use races to explore our country. Like, uh, like you get to see these different trails and mountains and all that, which I've pretty much, I've pretty much done now. So I reckon 
I have to go back to Cape Town just because I think it's the best event out in our country, um, trail event. And like, I want to support something that's good and it's really good. So I want to keep supporting that. But after that, because nowadays it costs you like 30 grand to go to Cape Town and do a race. <laughs> I mean, you might as well go overseas. So after this one, I reckon next year I'll probably dabble into something or have a look what there is. Eh? Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Brilliant, man. Well, Thank you so much for, for sharing your insights into the, the Grand Traverse, your experiences, all, all of the knowledge that you've acquired over these many years of obviously uh, wrecking and, and trying to figure out the best way to go about it. We, it was a really insightful and interesting conversation. And I think if you know runners can take something from uh, some pages from your book in terms of the way you look at life, not take things too seriously, not take your life too seriously, know that there's many other harsher environments out there that you could be faced with and appreciate the things that you have i think everyone would be a lot happier with what they're currently doing and what they're achieving so it's really something that i feel close to so thank you for sharing that yeah thanks <coughs> you're an inspiration bro um, guys <laughs> yeah. you need to go follow michael baker on instagram it's um, <laughs> michael underscore banks if you're looking for inspiration it's um chocker full with um, so much good stuff there um, and it's just been so great chatting with you thank you for coming I can't wait to see what you do next I will see you on the road at Comrades no you won't <laughs> <laughs> but um, all the best eh? and we really look forward to seeing what you do next thanks for having me guys maybe we can plan something yeah <laughs> cool thank you for listening to another episode of Making a Runner we hope you enjoyed it and found value in the show don't forget to rate and leave a review on your favorite streaming platform. And remember to share with your running buddies. Follow our journey on our socials and feel free to engage with us on all things running. We wish you a pleasant run wherever the road or trail may take you. Bye for now.